0: There are a lot of people who lie and get away with it. That's one small step for man. people have got to know whether or not their are president
1: It's a mystery! It's a
0: mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma!
2: This week on Inside Jobs, Brian, Gene, and Lee investigate the Zimmerman Telegram.
0: in april 1917 the united states declared war on germany and joined the entente to defeat the central powers one of the reasons the u.s joined world war one was because of the so-called zimmerman telegram a secret communique in which germany asked mexico to attack the u.s but was this a forgery by british codebreakers to help usher the u.s into the war joining me to discuss the zimmerman telegram our civilian investigator eugene western front o'neill gentlemen you are welcome And conspiracy expert, Lee Golden. Olay! (laughs) I'm historian Brian Lane. Welcome to Inside Jobs. Well, I
2: think to uh, get to the bottom of this uh, 1917 diplomatic proposal, we have to go back to 1933.
0: Hitler rises to power. January 30th, 1933. Hitler is informed that he's been appointed chancellor of Germany. He starts thinking in his chair, <laughs> dreaming back to the day. <laughs> when did this all start? In in 1917. <laughs> um, no, actually, we should probably go back a little bit further. 50,000 um, BC, the dawn of man. <laughs> 1648, <laughs> the peace of Westphalia <laughs> defines the sovereign nation state in Europe.
1: Uh, uh, I, I've been saying Westphalia forever. How embarrassing is that? Uh,
0: that is That is the... English pronunciation, I uh, mine is kind of wannabe German Westphalia, get the just fuck out of here Westphalia right? um, Yeah, honestly, as I was preparing this episode I did actually think of just honestly starting in 1648 And seeing how long I could tell the history of World War I Before you guys got too bored Oh, we're bored now, just <laughs> mentioning that Yeah Um, no, but I mean, uh, uh, this is, as, as Lee has been calling this, uh, this episode behind the scenes as we've discussed it, this is sort of the freshman year history class, uh, episode, but, um, there are, there is some cool information about it that, uh, has come to light recently. Post Barbara Tuckman, I guess, uh, who wrote a book about it in the 1950s. And, um, uh, part of it is because a lot of. The behind-the-scenes of the Zimmerman telegram uh, have been classified forever, but uh, finally, German... Finally, and... we get those behind-the-scenes <laughs> movies <laughs> with
1: director's commentary.
0: Yeah, well, Criterion finally released the disc in Region 1, so we can we can see it for the first time. Yeah, no more of this it's Region like a...
1: 3 laser disc bullshit.
0: Yeah, it's like a Jodorowsky film. Okay, that was a reference that
1: one person enjoyed.
0: Yeah, I, that that person who enjoyed it is probably me <laughs> when I edit this episode later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a glorious reference, Brian. You've done oh, it again. My goal, my comedy goal is to please myself at a later date.
1: That was a joked? Uh, joked? Yeah, no, that was a joke that you were telling? Yeah, oh, wow.
0: kind of. Um, no, uh, but... Uh, I mean a bit, people sort of know uh the basics of World War 1 I, I imagine in um late July of 1914 Gavrilo Princip a uh Serbian nationalist member of the Black Hand uh assassinated Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife
2: cuz he was more of a Strokes fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, he liked an angular guitar but he didn't like the uh, Scottishness. Yeah, he did it and he did it to
2: declare war between the Decembrists and the killers. Yeah,
0: 2004 music jokes. We are full of them. Uh, (laughs) That was the last time we tried
1: to look up music and get you know, like actively find new bands.
0: Yeah, we're essentially old men now. Yeah. So the the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, who was the heir to the throne of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, set off a series of dominoes that resulted in. Germany declaring war on Russia and attacking France through Belgium. And the United Kingdom had to enter the war because they had a protectorate deal with Belgium. Had
1: to. You mean got to.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They were were just like, I'd love to have all the lights turn off across Europe. Yeah.
1: Thank God for that
2: pact we made with the protectorate of Belgium. (laughs) If anyone's ever read uh, The Onion, Our Dumb Century, there's a a great... Oh, it's beautiful. um cover or uh, you know cover photo of like a, a map of all of the different countries dec- and how they declared war on everyone and it's just a bunch of arrows and then it says like i think ottoman empire accidentally declares war on self
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's only it's only uh, topped by the headline for uh world war two where the headline is w a continued on page two <laughs> continued on page two um <laughs> But yes, uh, essentially most of the the major European powers were entrenched in war very suddenly. It was supposed to be a war of mobilization and uh, a war of movement, but all the sides got bogged down in trench warfare, which uh, I'm sure people are pretty familiar with. But the reason I mentioned that Belgium thing – is because as, that that really turned a lot of world consensus against Germany right at the beginning. Because as Germany invaded Belgium in order to um, enact the Schlieffen plan, which was to...
2: Go through Belgium to get to France, right?
0: Yeah, and, and there's this famous quote, I can't remember um, who did it, I, it might have been Schlieffen himself, but... Uh, the the quote was something along the lines of the, Shoot the gloss. right the rightmost the rightmost german soldier's cuff would touch the edge of the english channel on his way to swing around towards paris and so it was this big door hinge movement that they planned
2: and they reused it and they reused the, the schlieffen yeah. plan in world war 2
0: yeah it was essentially
2: the same thing went right around the
0: maginot line mm mm-hmm. mhm but while they were going through belgium and luxembourg as well but belgium got more um publicity the german soldiers were afraid of this uh this concept, concept called the uh, Franck the um which were uh peasants who would um go you know flank german armies and kind of pick them off, essentially partisans who would attack and brutalize the German army as they were going through, which led to a lot of uh, very scary incidents and a lot of atrocities in Belgium that the Germans committed, you know, massive executions of citizens in Belgium, uh, the destruction of priceless and irreplaceable artifacts. Uh, I know that, like, for instance, uh, this library was just burned to the ground, in belgium containing you know historical documents dating back to the middle ages just gone and so that was one of the things that you know initially turned world uh consensus against germany in the war people really but... liked that library <laughs> well it was the good it was the good one where you could check out all the henry huggins books they let's just be had real a... it was the
1: good one where you could look at porn without anyone bothering you
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, but then um, to understand the United States at this, at this point of view, uh, it's, it's important to note that the United States' official position was neutrality. They officially announced that they wouldn't engage in any commerce or political activities that would um, prejudice them against one or another power in the war. Uh, while this was the stated policy, it didn't exactly hold true. Uh, because uh, of certain things that I'll get into in a minute. But additionally, uh, in terms of the population of um, the United States, a lot of immigration had taken place in the second half of the 19th century and certainly from 1900 to 1914. And uh, two of the, or three actually, of the largest populations of immigrants were Germans, Irish and Jews, and each of these populations have the their most own popular melange of different nationalities. <laughs> yeah, just just drunks. I like to um, call it
1: Neapolitan.
2: Like, <laughs> <Wait>, who's pink?
1: <laughs> the Irish, obviously. Oh, okay.
0: Because uh, uh, their 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 cheeks are flush. Yeah, uh, from booze and as strawberry as well. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, but so each of these had their own different sort of opinions, and uh, they they stood at contrast to the general American public policy. So Germans are obviously if they're relatively new to the country or even sometimes not, they were you know in favor of their home country because oftentimes people had uh, you know relatives uh, living back in Germany or they still had connections of some sort back to the old country. The Irish. Uh, you know, during World War One, this is a period of severe repression of Ireland itself by um, the British Empire. So they didn't really care for the English. And then uh, Jews had mostly come to the United States because they'd been forced out by pogroms um, enacted by Russia and Russia satellite, Russian satellite states. So they were against the Russians. Uh, which led to a huge population of mostly lower class um, or um, artisanal class people who were against entering the war on behalf of what were known what was known as the Entente, but we'll just call them the Allies with the capital A. That is Russia, the British Empire, and the French Empire, as well as their satellite um, uh, supportive powers in the war. So. A lot of this led to, you know, a great amount of pacifist activism and a lot of pacifist uh, publication on behalf of uh, the United States. And it's very interesting if you go to, you know, like 1916, um, uh, like German newspapers in heavily German populations, they were all very, very pacifistic and insulting the English um, and uh, resistant to the idea of going to war. Uh, it's it's kind of easy to forget that, I think, because we, you know, in 2013, just look back on it, and we know the end result that the United States entered the war against Germany and eventually won. Uh, but in actuality, it was much more split during that time. Um, and Yeah, but
1: we won most of it.
0: Yeah, no, we we really won we the We got war. most of the credit for that. Yeah, we really... We got a really big trophy and a plaque. Uh, we keep Yeah, we got, MV- we got the we got the M V P
1: award in that war, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I love R- idea. Rookie of the Year.
2: Of getting trophies and then all of the um Entente powers like go to round table afterwards yeah. and um you know get suicide sodas and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean round table pizza? I thought what? you were referring to a round table. In order to decide how to punish Germany. Yeah, <laughs> round table pizza. And
2: they have, they have to go up to Germany afterward. Good game, good game, good game, yeah. good game. It was
1: still big of us to give Germany their certificate uh, of, if, participation. of participation at the Nuremberg Trials
0: after World <laughs> War II. <clears throat> um, but, uh, you know, we, we don't think of it now, but why would people be against the English at the time? Um, and uh, one of the one of the big reasons for this is that the English did a lot it's of uh, that, their voice, it's just annoying, yeah, really annoying accent. Yeah, so haughty. I was uh, I was actually talking to to an English gentlemen recently, and an English um, gentleman. <laughs> I know, and I recently learned about the Ashes, which is a big rival. This is so ridiculous. A big cricket rivalry between oh, uh, England and Australia. And I was sort of, you know, mocking it. And one of the guys was like, I don't understand why Americans choose cricket of all sports to, like, make fun of us for. And, you know, I was like, you know, I think it has to do with the fact that your biggest sport has a fucking break for tea <laughs> every <laughs> every single day for five days. Ugh. Oh, um, that is the but, most
1: British sport.
0: Yeah, that is really that is really silly. Um, but uh, but uh, the English the English were up to no good no good activities as well. Um, they had recently engaged in a hor- horrific war in South Africa. They were responsible for putting down you know pretty pretty brutal brutally uh, putting down uprisings in. Uh, China recently and elsewhere around the globe and people like mark twain and other prominent american um, peace and anti-imperialist activists drew a lot of attention to the fact that as the biggest empire in the world england was doing a lot of really shady and shitty stuff um to huge amounts of people all over the place so that's just one example but a reason that the contemporary contemporary to uh, World War Two uh, World War One population uh, might have been predisposed towards the English and against the Germans is that very early on in the war, the British were able to find the submarine transatlantic telegram line telegraph lines that the British ha- that the Germans had laid and cut them. So all of the information about the war that was getting to the United States throughout the entirety uh, the entire period was from a British perspective. And so it was all slanted or propagandistic uh, or at least predisposed to support the English and the French and certainly the Russians as well. Um, and that will play a very big part in the Zimmerman telegram. Uh Anybody else want to jump in? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I got nothing.
0: Uh, uh, not we even get not into even... the
2: Zimmerman Telegram.
0: Yeah, so in, so um, uh, the Germans had also done had also done you know pretty pretty severe activities in addition to Bel- the the attacks in Belgium that upset a lot of people in the Western Hemisphere. Um, they kind of. You know, it's very famous that the British Empire controlled the seas, but the Germans had a pretty good foothold during this period of time with U-boats. And a U-boat is who essentially boats? what? Who-boats? U-boats? Um, no, I'm asking who-boats. Oh, he-boats. u boats U-bo- Oh, U-boats. Okay. U- is yep. it really U-boats? It's U-boat. Ugh, I hate that.
1: <laughs> no, I don't care for that pronunciation. Me, well, you know, I'm gonna the, stick the with film...
0: U-boats. The film that everybody calls Das Boot is actually Das Boot. Well, so, everybody knows that. Uh, that could be. I called that too.
2: Uh, movie super long and boring. Actually,
0: yeah, super long and Wolfgang Peterson. Yeah, is when is Wolfgang Peterson?
2: Or, when is he going to make a movie that takes place on land? Crime in <laughs> Uh Yeah, Air Force One in the skies. Oh
1: shit! Air Force One is a <sighs> fucking film and a half.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but people ask me. My favorite president is, and I say President Ford, and they say Gerald Ford, and I go, no, Harrison Ford. Mm.
0: uh you mean President James Marshall?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) What a fucking ridiculous president name!
1: (laughs) I know you might as well have made it Benjamin Washington. Wait, that's Nicholas (laughs) Cage's name. Yeah, that is. No, he's Benjamin Benjamin Gates.
0: It's yeah, it's Benjamin
2: Franklin Gates. Oh, okay. and who yeah. lets Gary Oldman on a plane? I don't even think they let real Gary
0: Oldman on real planes. He snuck aboard. He snuck aboard in the cargo hold. He was a journalist. No, he didn't. Yeah, he snuck aboard by like make showing. make the
1: perfect CIA uh, cover or CIA contacts and terrorists.
0: Right. <laughs> Good point. Um, that is how they assassinated the leader of the Northern Alliance in two thousand one. Bing. Um, yeah. This is my life, people. Pretty sweet fact. This is just all I do.
2: All right, coded telegram, German.
0: <sighs> so, um, but... uh, so U-boats were submarines that the Germans had that you know were capable of torpedoing and uh, attacking ships, um, uh, British ships that were you know going going along the Atlantic, uh, go, sailing to the United States in order to get supplies um, or lesser thought about especially now but um south america was a huge uh resource for uh, most of the world because that's where the most of the world's rubber was from uh, during this period of time as well as huge amounts of other resources like uh, timber that was a really big one um and uh what is it called tin um or and copper um but um the Germans announced a policy in 1915 that they were going to practice unrestricted submarine warfare. Uh, and what this meant is that they their uh, U-boats would attack any ship that it found on the Atlantic that wasn't flying uh, a German or a German-allied flag. Uh, so what this means is that civilian ships, uh, such as tourist ships and um, business ships, were under threat of attack from german u-boats and the probably the most famous example of this is a is a british sea liner uh called the lusitania which sank in 1915 after being hit by two torpedoes uh from a german u-boat uh a, a ton of civilians were on this. A lot of English people died, uh, but also about two hundred Americans were on board. And 500 this really ch-
1: monocles were claimed in the disaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, those things just sank like a stone. So if we if we recovered five hundred, that means thousands more right. were lost.
2: Bill Paxton had to get a special submarine to go find all of the uh, monocles that were lost. And then this
0: the and then this old lady who collected the monocles and just threw them back into the sea. Yeah. It was a really disappointing ending. Uh, Celine Dion? Yep, that's oh. her. She's ancient. She's <laughs> yeah. actually 137. Oh, okay. Um, no, but, her husband uh, is. Yeah, God, her husband, her weird manager for of her since she was a child. Maybe we should do an episode about that one day. Are we talking about Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No.
2: Uh, um, did you know that uh, Seth um, McFarlane was almost on the
0: Lusitania? <laughs> <laughs> he slept in. He slept in on that day. Yeah. Um, no, but the Lusitania. I mean, here's a weird uh, sort of sort of hin- uh, hinch hench What am I trying to say? A weird king po- Yeah. Nope. Henchman. Not that either. A weird aspect of the story is that the, um, the British were using ships like the Lusitania, which was ostensibly a civilian ship, to transport armaments, which is against the rules of war that were in place during that time, and so actually made the Lusitania a legitimate target. However, the Germans had no way of knowing this, and it's a whole complicated thing about ethics and law that we won't really get into. But it is an interesting aspect of it. So that happened in 1915. Americans sort of turned more in favor of going to war. Um, but in 1916, Woodrow Wilson ran. Uh, He's the man who kept us out of the war. He won the president. He won re-election to the presidency. Also an, an, an ardent eugenist. Also just like a fucking terrible human being. Why? Just Just
1: because he's a eugenist. What? Yeah, he believed
0: in like selective breeding and all that stuff. Yeah, he was a real racist. He was one of our most racist presidents.
1: You guys, I'm a eugenist.
0: (laughs) 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 Ugh. Very primary Eugene. That's terrible.
1: No, that was pretty good.
2: He was our most racist president up until Barack Obama.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, Glenn Beck. Uh, according to or well up until george w bush after katrina but then replaced by barack obama when he was elected Mm -hmm. um kanye um so in 1917 uh germany reinstituted the practice of uh or knew that they were planning to reinstitute the practice of unrestricted submarine warfare and that they were worried and they were worried that this would draw the united states into the war around this time the russian revolution happened and so this the Tsarist powers were out of the war uh lenin and uh, McCartney. other revolutionaries nice. yep star harrison martin <laughs> uh they released some really good albums that convinced the russians to pull out of the war with the treaty of brest litovsk yes. so very good work fab for yeah back in the ussr
2: uh, pretty awesome parody of beach <laughs> boys style
0: yeah that would that song is actually hey enough with this fighting in germany let's go back in the ussr right um so the russians were out of the war which allowed the germans to transfer all of what is so funny over
1: there? I don't know why, but I just started thinking of "bomb, bomb, 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 bomb"
0: around. <laughs> yeah, that was a great, that was a great parody. That was a better parody of Beach Boys songs uh, than back in the USSR. <laughs> How uh, hard did Weird Al punch the floor after
1: <laughs> John McCain did that
0: song? So hard his boss's screensaver turned off. Uh, yes, very. His flying toaster screensaver.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a
0: this is a drill reference, the greatest man on Twitter. Or rather a drawl reference, I would say. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Such drawl so,
0: discussion.
2: So, Brian, at this time, Mexico was south of um, the United States, correct?
0: <laughs> Essentially, that is correct. uh in the 1850s america had gone to war with uh, mexico in as libertarians and far leftists like to point out uh, the zoro
2: wars
0: (laughs) an instance where uh, polk did not go to congress to declare war on mexico but uh uh, the result of that war was that america got a lot of um, territory that is new mexico arizona and parts of california didn't you write a
2: play about polk in in college
0: no, I wrote a play about Taft in college. Oh, Howard
2: Taft, our fattest president, right?
0: Howard Taft. William Howard Taft, our fattest president, whose best friend was named Major Archie Butt, who died on the Titanic. <laughs> wow. So My basically three... James
2: Cameron stole that script from you, and that's why you didn't <laughs> do it, right?
0: Yeah, from, from me and uh, from Jordan Morris and me. Oh, uh, okay. It was a terrible script. Uh, anyway. Um, so yes, so there was taft something more I wanted to hold out of the bathtub bathtub. <laughs> there was, there the was bathtub. something more I wanted to say about Europe. Oh, so Russia's out of the war. Germany's able to transfer a million troops from the Eastern Front to the west, which looks like it could spell bad news for the the Allied powers, uh just in the sense of they'll have to be facing more soldiers, and yeah, all of, of course, the, more materials.
2: The, sold, the formation of the troops spelled out bad news. So they're like... Who oh, no, knew? No. <laughs> that was pretty clever.
0: Um, uh, yeah, the Germans were really good at organizing their troops in specific formations. Not so good at winning the war. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, Up top. But so, yes, after, 1850, uh, after 1854, I want to say... Um, uh america controlled all this part of the population and it never really had a good relationship with mexico after that uh, a lot of confederates tried to escape down there uh, which caused some problems after world war or world war american civil war and uh subsequent to that we had uh, a real problem with people like uh Pancho Villa. so uh general that Blackjack was a real person, guy that was a real yeah, dude the
2: punitive expedition as it was known both of yeah. my uh, great-grandfathers were involved in this. I have lots of pictures of, of them fucking around and doing nothing.
0: <laughs> Which is basically uh, yeah. what did. Yeah, B- Blackjack Person went down and did a lot of... Uh, um fucking around as lee said no he was trying to go after Pancho Villa, who had uh, engaged in a lot of cross-border raids into uh, texas amongst other places um stealing material in, as part of uh, the war that was currently going on in mexico and so america had this not not exactly friendly relationship if you want with, to learn uh,
2: mexico if you want to learn about this go on netflix and watch the young indiana jones chronicles there's, like, a great episode where they show a real-life scene that happened of Patton going into kind of a Pancho Villa hideout, killing uh, a couple of his guys, strapping them to his Jeep, and driving back into camp, which is pretty much the only cool thing that happened during the punitive expedition, but then Indiana Jones gets captured by Pancho Villa, and then, like, is on his side for a while. It's great. <laughs>
0: Everything you just said did point to it being great, so yeah. I'll agree and with they, that. They make
2: a, it, it is canonical for those who doubt the canonical nature of that television series because, in the fourth movie, he's like talking to Shia the Beef, and he's like, um, "Yeah, I used to run with Pancho Villa for a while," and everyone in the audience is like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" I'm like, Ha! <laughs> 90s television." <laughs> if you want to see um, another
1: great. Um, mexican-american war thing watch the episode of briscoe county junior where yes. briscoe joins a bunch of uh mexican-american war veterans uh on a uh what is it, a scalping basically trip through M- mexico where oh, man, uh awesome. the more native americans they scalp the more money they get
0: are you just describing the plot of blood meridian oh he's just oh, yeah, i a think lotion, i am uh... Red dead redemption
1: that was a really strange choice by the Briscoe County guys.
2: <laughs> also,
0: screw it, just go watch Three Amigos.
2: Wow. <laughs> what, what a film!
0: Movie. Oh yeah, that's a film right there. Um, no, so uh, so around this time, there, the Germans were expecting to engage in um, unrestricted submarine warfare, and they knew that the Mexicans had ki- were kind of sex. Yeah, kind of bristled at uh, the punitive war and other issues that they had with the United States. And so um, this guy, Arthur Zimmerman, uh, um, who was – God, he was like a State Department guy, foreign secretary of of Germany. Um, He and one of his aides hatched this plan to send um, a proposal to the Mexican government. And what this proposal essentially said is if Mexico will arm itself and attack the United States in the south, Germany will support it in its efforts uh, to reclaim territories lost by Mexico during the Mexican-American War, which I think I, re- I earlier said it was in the 1850s, but it was definitely in the 1840s. My, I apologize. Um, Germany would send a guy, apologize. basically. Yeah. Um, but, uh, another and often forgotten part of the Zimmerman telegram is that it is also was, it? A, yep. 98% <laughs> of people don't know anything that happened before 9-11. Um, we're living no, in a post
1: 9-11 world, Brian, not a pre 9-11 yeah, world.
0: I know. I don't know why I'm so obsessed. Uh, but Japan was, uh, was ostensibly at war with, uh, with Germany, not in fact, but because of their alliance with the, with the English. And uh, the Germans Germany were hoping to invite
1: Japan to its pizza party.:
0: Yeah. the Germans were hoping that the Mexicans who had a relationship with Japan, a, di- a diplomatic one, could uh, convince the Japanese to enter the war on the side of the Germans as well. Um, so how are they going to send this telegram to the United States if the German uh, telegram- telegraph t- uh, cables have been cut?: Well, code they maybe code it. Yeah, they coded it up and they did it in the dumbest fucking way possible. They gave it to the
2: president, Woodrow Wilson.
0: (laughs) There was... uh, The English had a transatlantic cable that was still intact. And because Wilson was trying to negotiate peace between the powers, the English had agreed to allow German telegrams to pass through England in order to be sent across the Atlantic to... Uh, the United States so essentially Germany coded this message sent it from Copenhagen sent it from Berlin to Copenhagen then it went from Copenhagen to England and then it went from England to the German uh, embassy in Washington DC what the Germans did not know is that the English had broken their codes and we're reading every single telegram that they sent through England via this route.
1: Oh, man. So they saw Germany's Do You Like Me telegram to Mexico. No.
2: <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing, that this whole thing is just like passing notes across the classroom yeah. of the world. Yeah. Do
1: you
0: like me? Check one. See man, or no. <laughs> one of my fa- one of my favorite gags, and I did this in fucking, way, way, when I was way too old to be doing it, was to write a note. Was, Show your was, penis to-,
1: to a bunch of sixth graders. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. <laughs> was to write a note that would say like, "Do you like me? Yes or no." Fold it and then pass it to a guy next to me, to say, <laughs> and then say, "Can you pass it one more over?" So, so that he would then pass it to the guy next to him, and the guy next to him would think that it was from him. Uh, I don't. I, I was doing that when I was like twenty-two. Yeah, uh... you
1: you uh, match made a lot of couples in college. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're welcome, Ellen DeGeneres, and
2: Wait, Ellen Portia DeGeneres de Rossi was the guy in front of you.
0: They like, were girls; it could it could go both ways. Um, just like Portia de Rossi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, essentially, um, the the English had broken all these codes. However, what they were doing was and the code was
2: <laughs> back, back, down, left, left, right. It was the contra. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Start select A B A B up down whatever, um, but but what this meant was that the English were reading all of these messages that were sent to and from the United States, and they that was a secret. They didn't want the Americans to know this, and so once they uncovered this uh, this telegram and decoded it, they were kind of in a bit of a bit of a pickle because yeah, did they, could, they reveal it to them to try to get their <laughs>
2: support, or yeah. do they? Conceal it so they can continue to code the, you know, decode the messages.
0: Yeah, they they knew that if they revealed to the facts to the United States that they were reading all of their messages, it would be essentially impossible to get the United States to enter the war on their side, and could severely d- damage diplomatic relationship, uh, their d- diplomatic relationship as well as their business relationship. So they uh, they hatched a plan because Germany just gets smarter. Uh, because when uh, these telegrams would get to the German embassy, they would be recoded and then sent out wherever they needed to go by commercial mail services. <laughs> so Jesus. so uh, the, German, the German ambassador in uh, Washington, D.C. got this message, recoded it in another code that the English had broken, <laughs> and, then, and then sent it via Western Union to uh, the uh, German embassy in Mexico City. The English knew that this was going on, and so what they decided to do was bribe, <laughs> bribe a worker at the Mexico City Western Union office, and just buy up a ton of telegrams that that arrived there, right around the time that they knew this Zimmerman telegram uh, would arrive. Brian, you're asking us to believe that some <laughs> sort of
2: official in Mexico accepted a bribe. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty That's serious exactly charge. What I'm saying it is a really it's mostly unbelievable uh it i mean while their country today may be the most corrupt on the planet uh and and the people of mexico may be suffering the worst um civil war in the world and
2: by the planet you mean north america
0: yeah, I mean, I definitely mean. And by I definitely Civil war, mean you
2: mean the war between Taco Bell and Del Taco.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the I mean the drug war, which is just a fucking insane mess and uh, responsible for fifty thousand deaths. Yeah, the, the Taco the Bell century. Del Taco war is a permanent war. Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. It's, and, un- it's, um, it's Mexico's
0: it's Mexico's version of the cola wars. Yeah. Right. More
2: people have died from Del Taco than from the Mexican drug lord war, uh, war <laughs> because it's a uh, um, uh, fucking awful. It's dog food.
0: Yeah, um, dog so, food is,
2: is tasty compared to that.
0: So, so the English were able to say, "Hey, look, we uh, we're doing this illegal thing, but not against you, America." And look what we've uncovered. Also, uh, a Banger once ate dog food in front of me and then barfed over the side of the deck. That that's not surprising. Yeah. That, that just, I, like, I just assumed that I, had happened. I assumed, yeah, I assumed that had happened. Yeah. Um, so they sent it to uh, uh, They sent it to Banger they sent telegram- eat dog
2: food because he's poor? <laughs> no, he ate dog I think it was because he was This was I think the same day that he was super pissed off Because he had lost Snake eyes that G.I. Joe And really wanted to show it to me So he was like, like I'm going to angrily eyes. eat dog food This
0: is this is two years ago?
2: Uh, yeah, this was last night This is about the same time where he would lose at Back to the Future, the NES game, and then throw away his NES in the Waste Basket.
1: Oh my god, Back to the Future NES. Possibly the worst video game of all time. (laughs) It is is pretty awful.
0: Wait, so Banger had an NES, but you weren't allowed to have video games when you were a kid? Yeah,
1: I also wasn't allowed to eat dog food. Banger had an NES, but he had to eat dog food. No,
0: yeah, you, exactly. That was the You thing. were you you were encouraged to eat dog food Lee. You just you just avoided it. Yeah, yeah. he got
2: GI Joes and Nintendo. I got <laughs> Ghostbusters action figures and Reader Rabbit. But you got to eat people food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> food made out of people.
0: <laughs> mm,
2: soil and green.
0: It's kosher now. <laughs> <laughs> people um, don't have herbs, Brian. And so for a while, as I said Except before, for us it, Jews. Mm. Oh. as I said before, the Jews uh, the Irish, the Germans, um, anti-imperialist uh, activists left and by the socialists. Jews you mean O.J Simpson? Nope, he wasn't alive at this time. Oh, he was great. he was Sorry. a mere dream to the American cultural landscape. Yeah. people
2: in the He's early ni- uh, 1900s were really dreaming of a uh, of a black person being uh, rich and famous. you're right? <laughs> yeah he
1: was just a glint of what is that expression <laughs> a glint of an eye. Um, I think
2: you mean a seaman in a balls.
1: Yeah, he was not even a glint in the eye of the Naked Gun dynasty, <laughs> yeah. which he would be which most began... famous
0: for. Yeah, police squad was basically incompetent during this period of time. They didn't have their Nordberg yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so so like I said, all those groups were anti-war, and when the tele- the Zimmerman telegram was um, publicized, they all or quite a few of them denounced it as a forgery. And I listened to this uh, this lecture on SpyCast, which is a pretty cool podcast from the International Spy Museum in Washington, where this uh, this guy was, ta- was reading uh, contemporary uh, news articles about the Zimmerman telegram, and a lot of the people that were pacifist or socialist or against the war in any way uh, saw the Zimmerman telegram as a forgery and denounced it as such. However because the germans as we've noted were playing their cards close to their chest throughout this entire scenario the german ambassador held a price conference and admitted it was real uh which you know changed a lot of people's minds uh and they uh, essentially thought yeah we should probably g- declare war on germany i love that the idea it would be a great idea
2: i love the idea of like the british diplomatic corps forging telegrams though like they like, kind of like Forging a note that um, uh, they use to like get out of school. It's like, "I am sick," written by my mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like that kind of note.
0: Or like, you sure you had a, a couple of those. Forging a note that says, "Do you like me?" and then handing <laughs> it to someone else to then hand to another country.
1: <laughs> we have bunny drop off
0: one million. <laughs>
1: non-marked bills no funny stuff uh
0: and so at that point a lot of people just became rabidly anti-german uh to the point that uh you guys remember freedom fries right oh sure uh that actually has a precedent in the fact that during world war one at least 1917 1918 in america anti-german sentiment was so high that people would go around kicking dachshunds and oh, no. and they re- they renamed uh sauerkraut liberty cabbage. Liberty cabbage. Um they unfortunately and... couldn't make it taste any good though. <laughs> no way, man. Sauerkraut is great. Um, no, it tastes like and... sour metal. Mm, nope, you're wrong. It tastes like a pickled cabbage. Yeah. yeah it's gross. Pickled shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh um this, among other reasons, certainly the Lusitania was still in mind. And then Germany was just like, hey, uh, we're pretty good at damage control. Let's torpedo three American ships in one day. Wait, that's uh, damage
2: control? <laughs> we're going damage control. Let's damage a bunch of shit.
0: Yeah, they weren't... Mm, PR was still at a at a, at a, a nascent um, industry at the time. And so, essentially... Wilson went to Congress and asked for a declaration of war between the United States or on Germany from the United States. Wilson went to Congress,
2: my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a really long and boring speech. Um, And yeah, so America entered World War One now. This isn't the place for it, but a lot of people suggest that um, you know the ba- banking concerns or industrial concerns on the part of you know U.S. Steel uh, and other organizations in the United States were responsible for persuading Wilson and persuading Congress people to declare war on Germany and enter World War One. But uh, but it seems that the Zimmerman Telegram was a legitimate proposal by Germany to Mexico. Uh, that really did help stir up American sentiment against Germany and helps uh, America enter World War One.
2: We, we should clarify that the Mexicans rejected the offer.
0: Yeah, the Mexicans were like, well, we don't have eno- enough of a military to attack the United States. And also the territory that they were offered—Arizona, uh, New Mexico, and part of California—you uh, know they they hadn't had this territory since the 1840s. It had essentially anglicized in the that period of time, right. so it was it was no longer desirable to them as they as. Even a, a piece of territory or, or a source for taxation or whatever.
2: Also, the immigration uh, laws in Arizona are so horrible that even if they had conquered Arizona, they wouldn't have been able to get in afterwards.
0: Yeah, they would have all been immediately arrested by <laughs> wow by themselves. And actually, the United States wanted Mexico to take Arizona. Like, I mean, they're they they like to here, take just Arizona. take it, take it, it's yours. Um. So, so yeah. So, I mean, there that's essentially it. There's a lot more of the story. I mean, I could talk about World War I pretty yeah. much forever. But uh, this has already gone so long. So, I'll, let's wrap it up here and I'll say, Gene, Zimmerman Telegram, inside job or not?
1: I'm going to say it was not an inside job. Okay. Do you have a
0: reasoning for that?
1: Uh, I just – well, I, I almost always say it was an inside job. So, mm-hmm. I feel like I should every so often say it's not an inside job. Okay. Like, if I can go either way? Yeah. I'm 50 50, so I'm going to go, it was an outside job.
0: Okay. okay. And Lee, what do you think? Inside job or not?
2: Uh, first of all, I'd like to clarify that, Brian, whenever you say World War I kind of quickly, you sound like a dubstep song <laughs> World War I. World War I. So, uh, I mean, what, what are you saying? Is this an inside job by the Germans? Like, they actually sent this telegram, or was this an inside job by the British that they the, forged I, it?
0: I, I was essentially, yeah. Was it an inside job on on behalf of the British uh, British intelligence of 1917?
2: I don't think so. It's one of those things that it's so dumb that only the Germans could have done it. <laughs> like, the British couldn't have come up with a dumb thing the germans are doing story this good you know what about john cleese
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, the, yeah there's a he's pretty the of funny wa- wa- yeah. walks
0: um one Germany, thing I will, a silly place one thing i will say about the zimmerman telegram is there, there's that weird um the weird element of the british not being able to reveal how they knew its context contents and having to invent a, a um a reason that they could uh, publicize it. And that kind of thinking actually plays into a lot of conspiracy theories. So like um, Pearl Harbor, you know, it said that, that FDR had a lot of information about what the Japanese were planning and he couldn't act on it because he couldn't reveal that codes had been broken. Uh, Or certainly, you know, there have been legitimate reports, uh, uh, confirmed reports uh, subsequent to NSA files being released where we've heard about, You know, um, ATF or uh, you know, narc agents in the United States getting information from the NSA and then being told that they can't use it. So create a fiction around how they could have stumbled across that information in order to use it during prosecution. So I think that's probably the most uh, most interesting element. They would say what I would say to my
1: dad when I would steal quarters from uh, his change holder in the car. You would say, where did you get these quarters?" And I would say, "I found them on the ground
0: <laughs> of your car." Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, I think the Zimmerman telegram was not an inside job, but there are, uh, there are elements of um, there's some inside illegality. elements. Yeah, illegality and shadiness and unethical activities. Um, but what's weird is how part of the Zimmerman telegraph is like, "P.S. I shot a kid." How, how do I How do I come up with a case so that I get off and then commit a lot of violent acts that make it seem like I probably should have been convicted, mm. which, you know, probably will never find the answer to that one.
2: Yeah. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh,
0: that's I'm Zimmer. thinking of oh, changing George my Zimmer. Zimmer. name
1: to Bob Dylan. Oh, no, wait. Oh, was, plug it yeah. in. The tapes. The Robert tapes. Dylan Zimmerman Telegram.
2: That's actually my family's um, name on my grandmother's side. Uh, my maternal grandmother's side is Zimmerman. So. Bob, Bob Dylan.
0: Yes, my family name is Bob Dylan. Lee, Lee <laughs> Bob, Dylan.
2: Bob Dylan. Lee Dylan. Bob Dylan. <laughs> I love
1: it. Three first names.
0: The free Lee Wheeling Lee Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, How does it feel to be on your own? Lee, I'm glad you went electric because otherwise we wouldn't be able to do this show. <laughs> it's like a really long string between cans in L.A. and New York. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone who listened to this. This kind of went longer than I intended it to. It's cool. But the last I, episode,
2: I, I feel like, went shorter. So this is – It did. Your, it you're did. still getting your value out of paying nothing for this show.
0: Yeah. And, I, and as I said, uh, you know, after the 9-11 episodes, these are all just victory laps. Every single one is is a, a winner. Uh, following how you know we
1: really knocked it out of the park, we'll be doing all victory laps until nine twelve or nine eleven <laughs> two, whatever they're going to call it. <laughs> uh,
0: so, if you want to get in touch with us, go to Oceans nine at... twelve. <laughs> 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 go to at InsideJobsCast on Twitter. Uh, I'm always there to answer questions or fucking whatever. You could send me weird articles like uh, some of our friends do. Um, you can always email us jobscast at gmail.com or call our hotline, 413-225-1963. Why don't you call it and tell us how you trolled a celebrity and told them to listen to our show. Oh, yeah, that's our uh, action item, right? Yeah, that is our action item. Now, Gene, you have another action item about the iTunes site. Uh, is this where I tell people to... Please give us
1: a five-star rating, you fucks. Yeah, that's essentially it. Okay, I'm gonna...
0: Except for maybe don't call them you fucks. Yeah, no, I'm not going to – when insulting... I ask them to do
1: that, I'm not going to – I'm going to
2: leave the you fucks out. Yeah, no, they're great, actually called
0: ufux in German, right, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week with a, with a full-length app. Uh, gentlemen, with a thank you. a fully erect cause... dick. Yeah, with a fully erect telegram.
2: The name's Dick Penis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, follow the money.
2: This week on Inside Jobs, Brian, Gene, and Lee investigate the Zimmerman probe. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: <laughs> that was the last but... time we tried to look up music and get, you know, like actively find new bands.
0: Yeah, we're essentially old men now.
1: Yeah.
2: Hang on, I'm going to put my cat in the other room.
0: Just <laughs> a
2: second. I'm going to kill this little bitch.
0: Um I guess he has to hear what I'm going to say next. Well. So. Yeah, I guess. Man, World War 1 is pretty sweet. It's one of the better wars. I'd say it's just yeah, top
1: 5 wars. Top 5 wars. What are the top five wars, Brian? Real quick? Uh,
0: Star Wars uh. <laughs> um, World War One, World War II, Thirty Years' War, the American Civil War, The War of Jenkins' Ear.: The War of Jenkins' Ear. Yeah, there was a weird fight between Spain and the United States that started when uh, Spanish pirates cut off this British admiral's ear. Is that really cool. a top five, that
1: you're t- no, not your top five? No, not at
0: all. Can no,
1: not at all.
2: Can I guess Gene's favorite wars?
1: Yeah, uh, of course.
2: Okay. I'm going to go um, Cola Wars.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I'm I gonna wonder go, if Lee is going to mention Cola Wars.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go O'Neill Olympics. Uh, um, which year? There was, was only it? there was only one O'Neill Olympics. Okay, mm. that one. And uh, I'm going to go cola wars again.
1: <laughs> the cola war two.
2: I'm going to go the war between um, Gene's um, ability to control his own poop and his poop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that's had more victims Commandant than World War
2: Two. Basically, II. the yeah. battle
1: between good and evil.
2: Then I'm going to go Command and Conquer Red Alert, and um, number one would have to be, uh, I don't know, Gene, what is their number one favorite war?
1: Um, WWF, the War on the Shore, 1991 (laughs) SummerSlam, Bret Hart
0: versus Ric Flair. Oh gosh, that was, that was my
2: second guess.
0: bret hart is he the one that fell out of the rafters that was his brother oh okay okay i was once at a at a uh, when i was 18 i worked at a restaurant and we had to go to this weird work party and one of the children of one of the owners was there just going on and on about the hart brothers and then the (laughs) next day the news came out that the one fell from the rafters and died yeah that child that child's Innocence was over. Man, I just didn't get to see it. The Hart brothers got
1: really fucked by the WWF. For one, there's the infamous Montreal screw job, which is Bret Hart was supposed to go to uh, the WCW, like sign a new contract and join another league, but he was like the WWF's biggest star. <clears throat> but he had like a contract disagreement with the uh, commissioner, uh, Vince. I forget his name. McMahon. Vince McMahon. And uh so he was supposed to like they had a uh I think it was I think it was a SummerSlam in Montreal his hometown and he is a huge star there because he's Canadian and Canada has no heroes. <laughs> um so he's supposed to beat Shawn Michaels and then retire as the champion of the WWE or the WWF at the time. And uh so basically Vince McMahon along with Shawn Michaels
2: plots oh, to Miles.
1: Yeah, to basically uh pin like to pin Shawn or to pin Bret Hart like with his uh submission, his his patented submission hold <laughs> and uh the ref would, like, signal instant, like, the, basically, he puts him in the hold, and you're always supposed to, like, you know, have ten seconds where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can break out of it, then you break out of it, you know? Uh, yeah. the ref, like, instantly, like, waved, like, he submits, you know? What? Like, after two seconds, the ref was like, ring the bell, ring the bell, and Bret Hart, like, couldn't believe it. Shawn Michaels grabs the belt and just gets the fuck out of there, and By he the way.
2: I'd love to see the the look on the patent clerk's off uh, patent clerk's face at the patent office as he comes in to patent that uh that move that you were talking That's about.
0: That submission hold? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I'm here to patent my submission hold.
1: Yeah, there's a, there is a guy at the patent office who just has wrestlers come in and do their moves on him. <laughs> I wanna, I'm going to patent that move, and I'm going to patent this move.
0: <laughs> this is, is it, the Cobra. Has it been done before? Is, it, is that this IRS?
2: A, this is the pile driver off of the top turnbuckle onto a table. <laughs> <laughs> is Was it IRS, the guy with the glasses and the uh, suspenders? erwin r Scheister, yeah is that what, <laughs> what? That's you
1: gotta be kidding wait erwin
0: r like? Scheister, yeah
1: there was a guy named a bad guy named erwin r Scheister, and he was like an irs accountant who was also a wrestler and he would always like come out it's to the like, ring you and want like, i should pile like, drive you yeah it's like tax day is coming up and everyone would be like <laughs> <"Boo."> <laughs> and it's like Boo. i was
2: played at, as him in royal rumble on genesis Really?
1: Why? It was yeah, this so boring. Jewish kid
2: who wasn't allowed to have a sega. So everyone else picked like the Undertaker and like you know Bret Michaels and like the cool ones, and I was stuck with IRS. Oh, god! Yeah, who who did the WWF think that they were
1: like a... Pe- like you know because they always had bad guys that were just you know characterizations of populist you know anathemas like they like the, the Iron Sheik yeah like the Iron Sheik and then Sergeant Slaughter like was an iraqi sympathizer during the iraq war <laughs> or so,
0: 62 ounce soda what 62 ounce soda <laughs> what does that mean it was a wrestler who just drank a lot of soda <laughs> 62 ounce <laughs> but so it was like who
1: like in, in, in your target audience has like had a negative like who in your who in your target audience even pays taxes like your audience is your audience is little kids and poor adults
2: I would say it's dads that were forced to take their kids to w w f to like kind of male bond after the divorce, and they decided to write it off
0: Good point so that was the the longest tangent I've ever allowed on the show Wait that was, that's
1: not going on the show, is it? No I'm
0: putting that <laughs> at the end though that was really funny okay. be
1: explaining the and I didn't even fully explain it, but yeah. Line. I re-
2: R. Scheister. Oh, the so Irwin
1: Yeah. Irwin R's. Okay. Yeah.